7.15, I am not infallible. Thanks to whomever texted in. The person that was released, uh, as long as he surrendered his gun that was, in essence, a machine gun, was from Tennessee. Somehow I was besmirching the name of Georgia, but just to clear that up, thanks to whoever texted that in. We're going to talk about a program at Tulane University that's going national as it relates to, and what the program does is deals with children that have been um, exposed to violence. Teddy McGlynn Wright joins us, co-director of the Training of Trainers program for the Coalition for Compassionate Schools. Good morning, Teddy. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm well, sir. I'm fine. Thanks for taking the time. And and one thing I want to say is I think sometimes when you hear juveniles being exposed to violence, people lump in uh, teens with guns and and, and teens that carjack people and and the bad element, and and they put all of the teens together in that group, and that's anything but the truth, correct? There are vast majority of teens that are affected by violence that are not perpetrating it. Absolutely, absolutely. Most of the young people that are experiencing and exposed to violence are not the ones who who are doing it, and yet what we know is that folks who are exposed to trauma, who are exposed to violence, often will go on to perpetrate it, right, when it's, when it's untreated, when it's untended. So tell me about the program. Yeah, so we, you know, the Coalition for Compassionate Schools is 10 organizations across the city of New Orleans. We've been coming together to, for about the last almost 10 years now. And the specific program that I work on, the Training of Trainer program, really goes into schools and partners with them to to do what we're really hoping to do across the you know across the city and then hope you know ultimately across the country mm-hmm. which is to make you know care and compassion more available and more accessible to young people where they are right so for us specifically it means working with teachers working with schools looking at policy doing trainings um, teacher support and coaching those are the kind of things that we do just in, in this part of the program i mentioned the vast majority of teens are not involved in violence but yet um not perpetrating it, they are uh, involved with it, I guess, as a bystander. I'm, I'm trying to parse the words, but you know what I'm trying to say, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of numbers are you talking about, percentage of teens in a community? Well, we have some data, and this is, you know, a few years old, but that, you know, upwards of, you know, almost 90% of young people, you know, in New Orleans have been exposed to some form of trauma, right? So either community violence being really pop, being a, a high, um, highly likely, and loss of a loved one, right? So when we think about ninety percent about both of that. Yeah, this is from Iowa's data from about twenty sixteen, I think. Well, I don't think it got any better to you. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm serious. I, I I'm saying the data might be dated, but I, I don't think that renders it inaccurate. If anything, I think it's underestimating the problem. Yeah, and again, we think about exposure both to community violence, but also to, you know, this piece around trauma and loss of a loved one. And what we know is that, you know, during COVID, many of the lives that we've lost have been, you know, in, you know, in our community. And we lost many, many, many people to that, to that disease. So that's the kind of thing that folks are walking around with. And they had less school support, right? So when we had lockdowns and we had folks not being in school and not being connected to school, not being connected to their peers or adults who care about them. We saw, we, know, we saw the impact of that on, on young people and their mental health and on the adults in our community. But to be clear, this is not about people who lost loved ones to COVID. This is about people who lost loved ones to violence and have otherwise been exposed to it, correct? Yes, also, yeah. So 
how, what does the program do? How do you go about um, helping these kids? Yeah, so there's a there's a range of things that we do. So there's you know there's a the trainer trainer project that I work on, which is really about partnering with schools. Excuse me to um, to strengthen their their what we often refer to as their multi-tiered systems of support. So it's we're going in and doing some whole school things so that everyone can be a little bit more easeful. Everyone's nervous systems can kind of chill a little bit mm-hmm. as they're walking around in the building. And then we're also partnering with organizations that are doing some of those kind of tier two and tier three services, which are really about for, for young people who have been exposed to higher levels of violence, for young people who have been exposed to trauma who are experiencing, you know, those kinds of traumatic conditions and the um, emotional, psychological, and behavioral things that come out of that. So what yeah, would those so we're doing treatments some partnership work and then some in the school work. What would those treatments look like for tier two, you said? And I forgot yeah. if you were going up or down. Two and three or two yeah. and three? <laughs> two, two and three. Two and three. So for tier one, we're doing things like, you know, we talk about calm down corners. So places inside the classroom where a young person can, who's experiencing just kind of uh, a, what we often refer to, you know, in the cage space is like they're just having really big feelings and they can kind of have a place that they can go and chill out. You know, they can, they can draw, they can hang for a moment and then come back when they're ready. Right. So it's like a two or three, four minute intervention in the classroom and that they know that they can do it. And for kids who have been exposed to trauma, one of the big things is when my feelings feel bigger than my body, I feel out of control and don't know what to do, right? So we give them some strategies around what to do there. And that tier two and tier three level, we're really looking at, you know, we're looking at groups, right? So some of the things that you might, that might be more familiar to people, right, in terms of psychological assessment, um, you know, uh, you know, group therapy kinds of things, some of those types of um, more intensive interventions at the group level and even at the individual level kind of counseling, working with psychologists, school psychologists, that kind of thing. All right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. we come back. We're talking with Teddy McGlynn-Wright, co-project director of the Training of Trainers program for the Coalition for Compassionate Schools. Ninety percent of the kids in the community exposed to violence. That That's not committing the violence. That's just exposed to it and even losing loved ones as a result of it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what happens if they're not treated and some more questions. What age are we talking about? If you've got any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. Time now for traffic on WWL. 727, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Teddy McGlynn-Wright, co-project director of the Training of Trainers program for the Coalition for Compassionate Schools. So if I were to sum up the, the mission statement, it would be what, Teddy? Yeah, so the program. if you were to sum up the – yeah, so the program – I'm sorry, the mission statement really is to, you know, make it so that, I mean, it was that question that I asked at the beginning, like, how do we get care and compassion to young people, you know, where they are, right? And I think for us, that means, you know, building the capacity of schools, students, and parents to create a a trauma-informed, you know, healing-centered change in their schools. So what ages are we talking about? Yeah, so for our program, we're really looking at, we've been only in K-8 schools so far, but some of our partners work with, you know, with high schools and with other shaped schools. And again, we're, you know, it's 10 organizations. We're all doing some different things and collaborating to kind of make it, to make the changes that we need to see, knowing that we need to see them on this broad level, not just kind of individual school by school. It's kind of hard to prove a negative, but what, what happens or what does research show happens if these kids go without any attention, without any treatment? Yeah, what we see is that, 
some of the things that people typically will say, like, oh, that's a kid who you know can't pay attention, can't stand their seat, can't focus, is underperforming. Right? A lot of those things actually can be the result of untreated trauma, right? Because when folks are, when young people are in that, um, you know, kind of activated fight or flight kind of state that people think about over a prolonged time, it makes it harder to focus. It makes it harder to think, right? Their their attention is really geared toward how am I going to survive this moment and the next moment and the next moment rather than, than being able to kind of develop all the brain structures that we know really help people sit, pay attention, focus, problem solve, and build relationships. So you, a part of what we're doing really is like a, it's a brain-based intervention, right? Like we are actively trying to reshape our brains to be more responsive to our current environment. Because what happens, Teddy, if for whatever reason after a teen is exposed to violence, their brain doesn't work properly and the grades suffer, then you got another problem on your hands, don't you? Exactly, and it's cascading, right? And then we blame young people for that. And I think the thing that we want to make sure that we continue to say is, you know, this is adults' responsibility, right? When, when a young person is, is experiencing violence, that's on us, right? When a young person is committing violence, that's on us. Like, there are things that we are not doing as an adult community to really wrap care around these young people. And so we need to be able to say, be able to apologize when we don't show up. We be able to, you know, adjust our behavior the next time. And we need to do that, you know, at every level of adult, you know, in our community. Thank you for your work, Teddy. I appreciate your time. Teddy McGlynn, Wright, co-direct, uh, co-project director of the Training of Trainers program for the Coalition of Compassionate Schools.